Hey, welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to help you fall asleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is put aside your racing thoughts, your worries, your fears, whatever. Get in bed, close your eyes, and press play. And I'm going to take you off into dreamland. If you like what you hear on Sleep With Me podcast, spread the word and let someone know about it. That Maybe you'll help them help me, help them fall asleep, or something like that. But yeah, let someone know. For those of you that already have, thank you so much. And those of you that listen that have no friends or enemies and you live in an igloo or total isolation, believe me, I know, I know, I'm... I'm, I'm I can relate. I've been there. I'm there. You know, you know, thanks for listening. You don't even have to spread the word. If you're a non-word spreader, thanks for just being here and listening. And I hope I help you fall asleep tonight. Tonight we have a new series. It has a title, but I'm not going to give you the title yet. So it's an untitled new series. Starts out in Arkansas, about 25 miles outside of Little Rock. The car is just pulling up into a farm. It's about 5 5 30 p.m. our time. <laughs> our time. The car is just pulling up to a farm down a dirt road. It's early evening. The car is a early 2000s import full of stuff. Like somebody's moving, it's pulling down the farm road and ducks and sheep and stuff. And the sun's just getting ready to go down. And it pulls up to a farmhouse. You know, just like any dirt road with the farmhouse and the fields and stuff. And the guy gets out of the car and he's about six foot three. His name's Billy, just so you know. He's about thirty-five years old. Just barely overweight, boyishly handsome. He gets out of the car and he looks real, real happy and real excited. And then the front door of the the front door of the farmhouse opens. It's a little bit heavier guy, about five eleven. Goes by the name of Carl. He's about the same age as Billy, about thirty-five years old. He's dressed in a warm-up suit like he's just been sitting back and relaxing, enjoying his afternoon. Billy's in jeans and a sweater. They look at each other, and Billy's smiling. Carl, what's up? Carl! Carl just looks at Billy. You can tell by the way Billy's eyes are that there's something going on. You can tell by Carl's eyes he's not too happy to see Billy. Carl, it's me, Billy. You You recognize me, right? Still, Carl's got nothing to say. He just shakes his head. Well, Carl, uh, Lurleen threw me out. Um, I'm bankrupt. So I was wondering if I could... Came out, I was going to... I thought I'd stay with you. My car is almost out of gas. Carl, I thought it would be like old times. Have a, you know, Carl, I'm here. Carl, buddy, it's your best friend. Billy, you know? Carl just looks at him. You were never my best friend. Oh. 
Well, we were we were best friends. Remember? No, we we were we were once friends, but no more. Oh, Carl, come on. We were best friends. Remember? Remember all those good times we had, Carl? Like, uh, remember your bachelor party, Carl? Billy, I was never married. Oh, must have been somebody else. Yeah, we were, we went to school together. We had such good times. We were, we were best friends. I know we were. You're not my best friend. You're my college roommate. You borrowed my clothes. You stained my clothes. You stole my girlfriends. You embarrassed me. I was the butt of all your jokes. You called me Mr. Saltine Cracker, all that. Yeah, we were never best friends. You, you're a jerk, Billy. Carl, come on. You just are you mad about something? Are you are you mad? You still mad about something? That that I stained your shirts? Is that what it is? You're mad, Carl? I got some surprises in my car for you, Billy. Could you just just leave my property? I I didn't realize you were a farmer, Billy. I inherited the farm from my parents. Oh, well, well, Billy, uh, I, you know what I have in my car? I have some beer. And then I made a stop. A couple stops out here in the country. A couple stands. I made a stop at a fireworks stand, Carl. I got fireworks. Billy, you, you're going to need to leave. And then after I stopped at the fireworks stand, I stopped at a neighbor of yours. Jerry's Gourds. Jerry with a G. Jerry's Gourds. I got all sorts of gourds. Got quite a few melons from Jerry. I thought we'd strap some explosives to him and blow us up some gourds, Carl, like old times. Uh, uh, no? Uh, Carl? Billy, I told you the last time that that was the last time. That's it. Oh, what do you mean? you it wasn't the shirts that you're mad about, or you mad at something else? Remember when you took all the credit cards out in my, my mom's name? Um, and then you spent all the money at that uh, erotic massage place? What? The rub and tug? Oh, huh. And you blamed it all on my dad? Huh. You sure it wasn't your dad, Carl? And then my mom... Remember my mom... Billy, my mom killed my dad, remember? In a fit of fit of rage, remember? In the newspapers? No, you, I'm sorry. Here, no, I didn't hear about that. I'm so You testified against my mom at a trial. Oh, yeah. You said she used to come after you with scissors? Oh, oh, oh Carl. Yeah, Carl, I remember that. Your mom, she used to remember. She goes, she go, snip, 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 snip. Billy, she used to cut cut our hair. That's what she'd say. Snip, snip, snip. I'm snipping your hair. Well, how how is your mom? She, dude, she's dead. My mom died in prison. She hung herself. You you need to leave. Okay, just get off my property and get the hell out of here. All right. Carl, Carl, aren't we bro blood brothers? Are you going to throw a blood brother out on the street who has nowhere to go? I, I don't have anywhere to go. We're blood brothers. Yeah, remember when we became blood brothers, you gave me hepatitis C. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. Uh, you, 
Remember your mom used to make you wear a bracelet that said, don't become blood brothers with anyone you have hepatitis C or something. So yeah, you knew. But it, just get out of here, man. I don't care if Lorene, Lorene, Lorraine, Lorene, Lorene, Lorraine or Lurleen or whoever left you. I left you, man. I left our friendship a long time ago. You're, you're a selfish, infantile jerk. And I just want you to leave me alone. Okay, Carl. Are you, are you, what are you doing today? Are you watching the Winter Olympics in there? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And I'm going to go back to it, okay? I have a DVR. I have a, everything. Remember when we used to watch the Olympics there, the Carl? We'd make fun of the people. We'd make up the, like, a porno that the people would be in, or we'd make up dirty names with their names. Like, remember how easy it was with Ivana? You know? <laughs> yeah. Now I do that with my other friends. Without you. Okay, so just get out of here. Okay, get off my property. Goodbye. Carl goes inside, slams the door. Sits down, he starts watching the Olympics, and he's like trying to breathe. And he's got a nice country house farmhouse. He's had a nice dog. Gets back, sits back in front of his big screen TV, cracks a beer, starts watching some ice dancing. And yeah, he gets a little kick out of Johnny Weir and gets a kick out of when somebody falls down and it gets a, a, extra melodramatic. And he's fast forwarding through the endless number of commercials the ungodly amount of commercials there are. He doesn't hear anything for a little while, so he figures that his ex-best friend's gone, or his former best friend. That whoever that was that came to bother him, this Billy fellow, is gone. And then he hears this <whistles> pop, bottle rocket. He pauses it, he listens. He press play again. About ten more seconds go by, and he's like, and then the little. And he takes a deep breath, like a zen like breath, and breathes out. Keeps watching the ice dancing. It just goes on like that for about five minutes until he's, his nerves are raw. He's standing up, getting pace in his debating whether to call the. Picks up his phone, she call the police, she just go out there and yell at, yell at this Billy guy. You go go outside and yell at Billy. Tell him to get the hell out of there again. And he's pacing back and forth. And all of a sudden, all those firecrackers that are taped together. He jumps. His dog barks. He practically has a heart attack. Now he's really mad. He goes out to the front door. He doesn't know him. He goes, okay, I'm calling the police. I'm calling. Again, he jumps. Jumps out of his skin. Yep, I'm just going to call the police. Go ahead. I'm calling the police. Just. Go ahead with your fireworks. Okay, Carl, you call the police. I'm going to tell them you're your mentally ill brother. So go ahead, call the police. And then Carl sits down. He goes, okay, okay, just ignore him. That's the one thing that's always worked. If I just ignore him, he'll go away. He'll find somebody else to bother. Just get ignore him. He doesn't hear anything for a while. Carl's like, okay, okay. And all of a sudden, it goes, here's a boom about M80 to go off. And then right at the window right next to right next to his big screen TV blah a pumpkin gut splatter all over the window and trickled down there's pumpkin seeds 
cough-stained. Drinks his beer. She tries to breathe. So, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to really call the police. Carl, call the police. They'll, they'll get rid of them. You can file charges. You get, we'll go, tomorrow we'll go to court. We'll get a Tomorrow we'll go to court. We'll get a restraining order. Sit, just stay calm. Don't lose your cool. And all of a sudden, boom, and then they gets this kitchen window splat. And this time it's, oh, both honeydew and watermelon splattered together. All their seeds, everything trickling down the window. You go, okay, okay. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. And his hands start shaking. He's trying to hold his hands down. Can't tell what, you know, is he shaking with rage? What's he shaking with? And then it's silent for a while. Now he's not even paying attention to the dancing. He's just staring at the TV blankly, shaking. Okay, maybe he's going away. Okay, that's it. He's given up. I've ignored him. He's given up. And they hear, you can hear out of his, he was in his garage, like stuff banging around, banging around. He's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the guy's going to, Billy. That's so he gets up, throws the front door open. Looks around, he doesn't see Billy. He sees Billy's trunk open. He sees the light out his garage is open. And then he has Billy! Billy, what the hell are you doing? You need to get the hell out of here. Police are on the way. They're going to get rid of you. I'm going to file a restraining order tomorrow. He looks around, looks in the garage. There's, you know, everything's knocked over. His once perfect garage is now in disarray. And then Billy's trunk's open. Looks, he's, looks in the trunk. There's some fires. He notices the car's full of. You know, sleeping bags and clothes and stuff. And then he hears, he hears something in his backyard. He runs out to his backyard. He's got one of those back 40s that they call him in the country. You know, just expansive backyard. He sees Billy's, like, got some sawhorses and a table, and he's setting the gourds up on a table. And then he's run. Oh, Carl, Carl, stay right there by the house. Runs back to the house, to the back of the house, like about 30 yards from where he set the table up. And he's like, Carl, Carl, I didn't realize you have this all, this bow and arrow. We're gonna. He goes, look, I, I got all your, I took all your arrows. Was that, that's a Billy. That's my hunting. That's my hunting stuff. That's, a, that's expensive hunting bow and arrow. Oh, what do you you hunt with a bow and arrow? Oh, Carl, you're so, you're so. I don't know, Carl. Like, well, so I got the. I'm gonna take the bow. And, look, I got all these M80s. So what we do, I need your help. Like, I'm going to say pull. And then when I say pull, you light the M80 and I'm going to shoot it. Like a arrow missile. And it will blow some gourds up, Carl. What do you think? Well, all of a sudden, Carl's eyes kind of glaze over. And he's shaking. He's shaking it. And, and Billy's just kind of looking at him like, is he going to punch me? Or what? Then Carl reaches into his pocket, pulls out a lighter, and he kind of shakes his head. And Billy goes, he takes the arrow and notches it. And he goes, he holds the bow. And it's one of those compound hunting bows. He goes, pull it back. Goes and pull it back. Puts some effort in it. Can't. Goes to pull it back. He, Billy doesn't have the strength. Carl, something, your bow's broken. It's locked. Is there? Where, how do I unlock this thing? Uh, I can't do it. And Carl's like, here, give it to me, give it to me. So Carl takes it and just pulls it back. You know, those compound bows are hard to pull back. But Billy, Billy takes it and he goes, okay, Carl, light the uh, arrow. Car Carl takes the takes the bow and arrow from him. 
pulls it back. Because, you know, his compound bows are hard, but Carl, you know, he's a little more manly than Billy. He goes, Billy, light, light the M80. Billy lights the M80. Carl lets it go. Arrow goes right into spaghetti squash or something. I don't even know what you call them. Boom. Ba-boom. The thing blows up. Blows up. There's shoots gut, gourd gut so far that hits the guys in the forehead. And I, Billy like, <laughs> Carl, Carl. Okay, okay, pull, can you pull it for me? Can you pull it? So Carl, Carl pulls the uh, thing, holds it, and hands it to Billy. Be careful. And then it's like a little bit of slapstick, which you can't do on a podcast. But, you know, Billy lets it go, slaps his hand. Then a couple times he lets it go with lit M80s, and they blow up at their feet. But sooner or later, these guys are shooting arrows, mostly Carl's shooting arrows, and blowing up pumpkins and blowing up watermelons and blowing up cassava melons and just having a grand old time. It's like their friendship is reborn in the fire of M80s and gourd and melon guts. And then later that night, they're back in the house Sipping whiskey and watching the Winter Olympics like two best friends could. And Billy's like, Carl, um, listen, thanks for letting me stay here tonight. I didn't say you could stay here tonight. Oh, well, do should I go? No, I'm just kidding, Billy. You can stay here tonight. So we're best friends again, Carl. Are we best friends? No, nah, we. I don't know that we're necessarily best friends, Billy. But that wasn't that awesome. Carl, you are the best at blowing up gourds. <laughs> Remember when you double? Oh, that was the best. Oh, okay, Billy. Yeah, let's, uh... Oh, Carl, so are we good best friends or what? No, let's just watch some Olympics. Let's just sit back and watch some Oli- Winter Olympics. What do you... I got it all on tape. I got it all DVR'd. So let's put on some, uh... Oh, Carl, can you put on the... There's some women's downhill... There's a, I think she's Italian, Croatian or something. She's beautiful. Oh, did you, Carl, have you been reading the newspaper about these, uh, the Olympians? You know how they're, you know, every year they have the pool. At where I worked, we used to work, we used to bet how much condoms, you know, they always count how many condoms they distribute in the Olympic village because the villagers are having, having so much sex with each other. We used to always bet at that at work at how many condoms because they would always come out with that. And now they have like little apps where they can find people, and the Olympians are finding each other and saying, oh, look at that Italian downhiller. I'd like to super G her. You know, Carl, do you believe that? Did you like that? I said super G. That's great, Billy. But, yeah, oh, my goodness, she is a lovely little downhiller. Good gosh. Carl, can you imagine that? Be in the Olympic village. You, me, I could be with the, Swedish curling team. We could be chasing after that downhiller. Wouldn't it be great? You think they? You think we could like get in the Olympic Village if we flew? flew? Billy, we can't get to Russia in time. I mean, I'm sure that there's no way the security. There's no way we could get to Russia and sneak in. We couldn't just try, Carl. Come on. You got enough money to get us on a flight, couple flights to Russia, huh? Come on, Carl. Like be like old time. No. I still have uh, one of your mother's... No, no, don't, I don't want to hear about my mom's credit cards. Okay, let's just settle in. We'll watch the Olympics. And then we'll figure out 
if you're my third or fourth or fifth friend tomorrow, okay? And that's the end of tonight's episode, a little in introduction to the world of Billy and Carl, former best friends, rekindling their friendship maybe? I don't know. Just watching the Olympics and thinking about Olympians having sex with each other. And what could be more, unfortunately for me and the rest of us, like what could be more evolutionarily, is it a good thing for evolution to have all these Olympians having sex, like protected or unprotected sex, depending on, I mean, of course you should be having protected sex, especially, I mean, or some super disease could form, some super chlamydia, super chlamydia, um, but yeah, I mean, talk about some quality gene pools mixing with each other. I mean, I've seen Bodie Miller and his wife. I'm not sure if she's an Olympian. I haven't looked her up on the internet yet. But, I mean, there's some, was it his wife or his girlfriend? Yeah, it's his wife. But, I mean, you think about when Olympic gene pools combine. And you talk about the diversity. Like, people, you know, I'm pro, I mean, like, talk about the genes of the world. Between the summer, can you imagine if they had the winter and summer Olympics the same? I mean, you could do it at Sochi, according to what they've been saying about the weather there between the mountains and the and the sea. If you, if you could combine the Olympic Village of the winter and the summer games, you'd, you'd, I mean, to have genes that are high quality, or at least athletic genes, and mostly beautiful genes. I mean, the Olympians are the beautiful people. So it'd be interesting from an anthropo... If there's any anthropologists, anthropologists, right, listening... You know, let me know if you know anything about this or anybody that knows anything. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just skip this part. But so, yeah, we got these two best friends rekindling their friendship, thinking about Olympic sex, putting off firecrackers and blowing up gourds and melons. And where does this head? What do they want? Where are they going? We'll make sure you're here next week. For another episode of a series without a title until next week. I should have a title next week. And I know the title. It's not like I'm not pretending either, people. Okay? Thanks for listening, and I hope you get a good night's sleep.